Good morning, good morning, good morning. You are in tune with the Redeemed Assembly of Jesus Christ, uh, Richmond, Virginia, and we are located at 2200 Fairfax Avenue. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. What a great and what an awesome God we serve. He is mighty. He loves us and we bless his name. Well, we are so blessed this morning. Amen. And we are just glad for what the Lord is doing. He is making ways out of no ways. He's healing. He is delivering. He is raising up. He is doing exactly what he said he would do. And we bless his holy name. We are in for a real treat, amen, today. We have Elder Ronnell Jones. He is uh, going to come, amen, from Seattle, Washington. And he's going to bless us with a word on this morning. And we're going to ask you to sit attentively as he shall bring this word of God. I want to say to you, these are some trying times that we are living in. Whatever you do, Make sure you make Christ number one in your life. Whatever you do, amen, let him lead you. Let him guide you. If we ever needed a God before, we need him now. These are the most trying and troublesome time that we've ever had. I have never seen anything. I keep telling someone I'm thinking I'm going to wake up uh, and tell somebody I had a horrible dream. But this thing is not a dream. It's for real. Even with the Congress and the Senate and all the things that have happened besides, we had uh, we had fire, then we had wind, and uh, we had water. Amen. We have had some, and then this famine, this uh, corporate 19. Amen. We have so much stuff that's going on in our lane today. And then we just had a justice to die just this weekend. So we need God as never before. So I'm going to ask you to be in prayer for this nation that God would bless us and give us the victory. And I want to also say to you, if you have not registered to vote, make sure you get registered. You can vote early. Amen. Make sure you vote early, but get that vote in. It's very important. And we thank God for what the Lord has done. So let us be in prayer. Amen. As Ella Jones shall come and bring the word of God. Amen. Just open your heart. This young man is a phenomenal young man. And we thank God for him. And he's going to honor us today with the word of God. Be praying for him. Open your ears and listening because there is a word from the Lord. Let's hear this young man as he shall promulgate the word of God in Jesus name. God bless you. Thank you so much, Bishop, uh, for this opportunity just to share with your congregation and all of you guys people. I'm just glad to be here on this Sunday morning with you. Yes, I'm here in Seattle, Washington, but I'm there with you all the way in Virginia. Um, I know I can't see your faces right now, but I want you just right where you are, if you will. Let's just give God some praise in the comfort of our homes, uh, wherever you may be watching from. Let's just tell God thank you. Let's take about 30 seconds and just give God praise for being God. Come on, let's just thank him, God. We honor you. We bless you. 
We extol you, God. There's none like you nowhere in all the earth. We magnify your holy and your wonderful name. And God, this is the day that you have made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, just thank him for a second. Praises are commonly among the upright. And so we give him thanks on today that there's nobody like our God. We, he sits up high, but he looks down low and he sees everything that we're going through. And so we tell him, thank you. Our attitude is gratitude. We're grateful and we appreciate him on this day. Listen, I want to certainly once again uh, give much deference to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, he is my Savior and he's my soon coming King and the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth. He is our comforter. And we do speak in tongues as the Spirit of God give us utterance. And certainly we thank God for uh, Bishop Harris and Lady Harris. We thank God for you, sir. And ma'am, we thank God for your leadership. Um, even through these uncertainties and these times of uncertainty, uh, we thank God for constant leadership and consistency in the faith. So on this day, we salute you and we thank God for you. And we're praying for you that God will continue to strengthen you and the vision through this season. God dropped something in my spirit for you. And before we go into the word of God, do something for me. I want you to go on Facebook, share this, send this link out. Let's get the word out. Come on, help me out. Be, a, be, be an evangelist for a moment. Share this word because we want to get this word out to our friends and our family. Calling your attention to the word of God. Again, I want you to go ahead and like this, share this, um, subscribe to this because you want to be a part of what God is doing in this season. There's so much that's happening. And I want you to hear me, beloved. There's so much that's happening in the world today. And so many people are looking and they're searching for words of comfort. They're searching, they're looking for something that they can find solace in. But I want to tell you, you're not going to find that nowhere but in the word of God. Um, the word of God is what's going to give us our guidance, our direction, and is going to give us the comfort that we need in these trying times. And so I hear you loud and clear, Bishop, Bishop Harris. Yes, we are. But one thing that I'm so grateful to know is that God has not seen the day, uh, the days that we see that we don't, that we've never seen before. God already considered this in his plan. And so he's working it out for our good. And so we, we have something to be encouraged about. But you'll find it today in 1 Samuel chapter 18. 1 Samuel chapter 18. Give you time to get that 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 14. And then we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 30. All right. It's 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 14. And 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 30. Watch what the word of the Lord declares. And David behaved himself wisely in all of his ways. And the Lord was with him. Hear me this morning. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. Verse 30. Then the princes of the Philistines, or the Philistines went forth and came to pass. After they went forth, that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul. So that the name, that his name was much set by. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing, reading, and doing of his most holy word. I like it there in verse 14 and verse 30. You see something that's happening here that David is going through some things. Verse 14 says that he, he behaves himself wisely 
But then verse 30, some verses down, in other words, some trials and tribulations he went through, uh, bringing to verse 30, and the Bible says that he behaved himself more wisely. I want to talk to you for the next few moments from this subject, and I want you to, to jot this down or share this. Uh, don't be no fool. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, uh, don't be no fool. Um, this is not the season um, uh, to not walk in wisdom. Uh, so I want to tell you very simply that that's my tag today. Don't don't be no fool. Uh, don't 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 be no fool. This this is you got decisions you must make and you got places you got to go and there's things you got to accomplish. And this is not the hour um, to, to be foolish. And, and so I want to tell you, don't be no fool. My sisters and brothers, uh, here, here's the reality. I have discovered that life is filled uh, with many challenges and circumstances that tend um, to create unnecessary conflict. The kind of conflict that breeds devastation and division. Um, uh, it's important to understand because God in his infinite wisdom, and he always blesses me because in the midst of the same very conflict, God, uh, he, he, he releases a strength to get us through what it is that we're going through. And the truth of the matter is that God has always used conflict to bring his people to a place of prominence. Uh, hear me again. God has always used conflict to get his people to a place of prominence. I know it seems somewhat oxymoronic and it seems crazy that God would use something that could be conflicting and even chaotic and, and even contrary to what we would call peace, but he uses all of that to still get us to a platform of prominence that he can get the glory. Uh, and so I want to tell you, you're not the only one that's gone through something. I'm not the only one that's gone through something, but there's others that have gone through conflict and it brought them to a place of prominence. Uh, come here, let me let, let me tell you somebody. Joseph, he had to deal with a pit before he could ever experience and live in the palace. It was Moses that had to deal with a stubborn Pharaoh before he could ever see the promised land. Uh, Joshua, he, he, he had to deal with a fortified wall of Jericho before he could embrace the milk and the honey that was promised uh, to them. And, and matter of fact, I, I'm glad about them, but I have to even go to Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ, uh, he had to deal with sin. He, he was conflicting with sin. And so he had to go to Calvary and die on a cross and shed innocent blood for those of us who are guilty that he could get up on resurrection ground um, just so that God can get him to the place that he already destined he would be. Uh, in other words, can I tell you this? You ought to testify and prophesy over yourself in this season um, because before the year here is out. God gave me this and I got to share with you that, that, that there's some things you have not seen that are getting ready to be released in your life, but you had to go through the conflict of a pandemic to remember that it did not take your praise. It did not take your purpose. It did not take your promise because what God gave you and deposited in you is greater than anything that's facing you right now. Matter of fact, you ought to just take 30 seconds one more time and just tell him thank you that what came at you didn't stop you, but God gave you the ability to get beyond it because 
you understand what's really at work here. My sisters and brothers, as we journey quickly to the text, you'll discover that we have an interesting narrative that's taking place in the word of God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In our text, we see two individuals that have two separate missions in life, yet they are in the same environment. It's amazing to me whenever it is that you find that you can be in the same environment with many people, but everybody has a different mission. Mission. Everybody has a different intent. Everybody has a different motive. Everybody that's around you is not doing the same thing for the same reason as you. And what I've discovered is this is why we as children of God must always pray that God will reveals people's true motives and intentions. Let me say that again, that God will reveal people's true motives and their intentions. That's what we have to be prayerful about in this season, that God will reveal their motives and their intentions. Uh, Yes, you may have pure intentions and you may want to see God's will done, but that's not the narrative for everybody. And what we have to do as people of God is that not only in church, but on our job, but even in this season, as we prepare to vote in all of these things, we have to pray that God will reveal people's true motives and their intentions. Because here's the reality. The earlier you discern the motive, you will be able to read their moves. Did did, did y'all hear me? When you understand the enemy or you understand the heart of an individual's motives, then you'll be able to read and understand their next move. The reason I believe that many of us have been entrapped and we found ourselves stuck in conflict is because we didn't stop to pray to ask God about what it is that we were going through, what God was trying to show us and who the players were in our story. But I believe if we stop and say, God, I understand where I am. I may not be where I want to be, but you've allowed this to be so for such a time as this. But God, will you do me a favor? God, begin to show me her heart. Show me his heart. God, show me what's going on here. And I believe that as we pray for God to reveal the motives and the hearts that God will begin to do so because he wants us to be able to operate in the spirit. And the spirit knows all things. The spirit reveals all things. And though some people can move and operate in the flesh, God will shift you to the spirit and they don't understand how it is that you understand the moves they're making, but you talk to the God that revealed their heart. Why are you saying this, Jones? Why are you saying this? Because in every environment, though we're in the same environment, we all don't have the same motives. Uh, This is why you'll discover that Saul, watch this, in our story, Saul is one of the individuals. And then we also have David. Saul was in the position of king, but he had an evil spirit tormenting him. Stay with me. Saul has the position of king, but he has an evil spirit tormenting him. The second individual is David. David was in a posture of servitude with a pure heart leading him. One had the position, but the other one had the posture. All right, let me say it to you like this. In this season, we must seek God for the right 
posture in our hearts and stop strategizing for positions from the intellect of our mind. Too many of us are strategizing. If I can do this to get that, if I can do this to get there, if I can do this to get her, if I can do this to get him versus saying, God, do what you want to do in my life. Position me in your God. Position yourself in my heart. God, forgive me of all unrighteousness. God, take control of my life. Then our posture will change. Watch this. And whatever position God puts us in will be effective. I believe that many people, even in the life of church, God is trying to recalibrate us because many of us have had positions, but we have not had the posture that God intended for us to have. And I believe he's allowing the church in this season of huddling that we're in our homes. He's given us the game plan saying, hey, that's not what I asked you to do. That's not what I was intending for you to do. That's not how I wanted you to execute what I gave you. But I believe that God is not pleased with just the position, but God is concerned with our posture. Here we have Saul who has the power and the position, but David had the, the power and the posture. I, I, I just want to throw this in for free. This ain't you, but this is Ronnell. I'd rather have posture and power than position and prominence. Why, why do you say that? Because it's a terrible day to be in the position to make things happen, but God ain't supporting it. God ain't backing it. But, but, but to be in a place where God can hear you and God can discern that your heart is for him and he's supporting you with all of your desires. Uh, my sisters and brothers, the, the backdrop of, of the story, it deals with Saul's narrative is that God told him, God told him uh, something to do, but he refused to do what God said because he was trying to please people. Uh, Y'all remember that when, when God said to, to, to Saul, he said, son, he, he, he said, kill the Amalekites, kill everything, take everything and destroy it. But, but Saul said, no, there, there's some good things in that camp that I can save as spoils and I can give to some of my people for what God said, destroy everything. But because of his disobedience, watch this, because of him trying to hold on to something that God never wanted him to have, God then had to strip him of what he gave him, which was his spirit. Can I tell you this? God is not going to let his spirit rest on us to the place where we disobey him and think we're going to still operate in his grace. Oh, y'all better hear me today. Uh, uh, um, yeah, yes, I know his grace is sufficient, but hear me when I tell you, God is not going to allow us to do what we want to do and get away with it and allow ourselves to be disobedient and think he's just going to continue to favor us in our disobedience. No sir and no ma'am. God is a God that is pleased with our obedience to his word. Come on, somebody. I said he is pleased with our obedience to his word. King Saul is in a position because he disobeyed God. And now that he's disobeyed God, he's now in the position of king, but he's lost the power of God. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Don't ever find yourself stuck in a place where you still got your title but you don't got a testimony. Never find yourself with an assignment, but you don't have an anointing. Never find yourself in a position where it is that you, 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 you have what, what, what most would think is significant, 
But but you know in your heart, it, it, it doesn't come with substance because you haven't done what God told you to do. That's what Saul is there. He, he, he hasn't obeyed God. And so here it is. He's in this place. God eventually lifts his spirit from Saul. And one day you understand that we have now transitioned. He's the king. David has already slayed a uh, 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 Goliath. And one day it is that, that David now is in the house. He's in the, he's in the palace. He, he's around the powers that be. And now we transition and you'll see that David is coming in the city. Saul's coming in the city. And I, and, and, and I don't know if he turned on his iPod or his Pandora or whatever it is that he turned on. But he heard the song that, Dave, that Saul killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. The Bible says that while he hears this, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 8, that Saul says, the only thing left for David is to have my kingdom. Watch the shift. Saul doesn't hold himself responsible for what he lost in God. He starts to deflect responsibility and he looks at it from the perspective of someone trying to take what he has. He doesn't hold himself hostage for disobeying God and giving up what God gave him, but, but he rather look at other people and hold them responsible because they're obedient to God and they, and they begin to advance in God. And so now he, he's becoming jealous and envious of his obedience to God, but, but, he, but he doesn't stop to say, what, what would ever have happened if I just repent of what I've done wrong? That's what got me about this narrative, but 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 we don't got time to unpack that because uh, this is now the pursuit of his heart is is to now his mission is to kill is to kill David. I told you you can be in the same place with every with the same person, but but have different missions. David's trying to serve God, but 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 Saul is trying to kill David. Oh my gosh, what what if I told you the reason that some of the problems you've been having is because the enemy has been right there with you, trying to kill you, trying to steal from you, and trying to destroy you. But here's why you got to hold on in there because God's getting ready to give you an answer of how it is you're gonna get through what you're going through. The, the challenge that Saul, the challenge that Saul has is that David is operating with wisdom from God. The wisdom is bringing him success everywhere he goes. His leadership is exemplary. Saul has made him the commander of a thousand. His leadership is exemplary. He puts him in places of battles and David always comes up with victories. And the people begin to reverence David. Oh my goodness, hear me today. Uh, it's something about it that when it is that you do what God has told you to do, that you will find yourself in a place, in a position where everything that you touch is going to be blessed. I want to prophesy to you out there. Uh, I don't know who it is I got to tell this to, but God told me to tell you that even with all that's came at you and that which was trying to, that which the devil tried to take from you, isn't it amazing that you are still on your feet? Isn't it amazing that you're still in your right mind? Isn't it amazing that you may have had your job at question, but isn't it amazing that God still is favoring you in the face of your enemies? The devil doesn't like it. He's mad, but you're still blessed. Hear me today. 
you're still blessed. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. Watch this. The thing that blesses me regarding what happens here is that Saul now is trying to entrap David. He's so frustrated with what's going on in his life that he's literally trying to destroy David. He doesn't know how to destroy David. He made him the commander and put him over um, the, the, the hardest parts of battle. But David keeps coming out with victories. He, he, he's trying to, to make sure that David is in a position where he loses, but he still continues to come out on top. What I want to tell you is, is I don't care what the devil throws at you in this season. I'd like to prophesy to a woman out there, a man out there, that you're still coming out on top. I don't care what it looks like. I, I don't care what the job throws at you as an assignment to watch you plunder, to watch you to watch you sink and go under. God told me to tell you all the way from Seattle, Washington, that you are going to still be victorious. You're still going to be exceptional. You're still going to be everything that God declared that you shall be. What does Saul do? Huh? What does Saul do? He goes and he tells David. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one of my daughters. He, he, he tells him, I'm going to give you one of my daughters. Uh, he, he had his first daughter, uh, Mary, but the second one, Michael, is the one I want to deal with, is he says, I'm going to give you Michael, and, 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 and I want to give you her. But in order to get her, watch what he says. He says, you got to go get a hundred foreskin of the Philistines. Now, this was not an easy task, but but because David was anointed to do it, watch this, because David was anointed to be who he was, where he was, what the enemy meant for bad, God used it as a conflict to take him to a place of promise. Y'all better hear me today. There's some people trying to set you up and they don't know that what they're trying to do is getting ready to bless you. It's the very thing that's about to take you to the next level. David not only goes and gets what, what Saul asked for, but the Bible says that he doubled it. In other words, your anointing, God has given you more than enough in your anointing to let the enemy know that, that hey, you threw your best shot at me, but it still wasn't enough. Uh, one, one guy says this, I'm, I'm a basketball, I love, I'm a basketball fan, I love basketball. Uh, one guy says it like this. He says, uh, Michael Jordan told one of the commentators, he says, I like to talk trash to my opponent because, and this is back in the day, on um, one of his documentaries, he said he liked to talk trash to his opponents. He said because he wanted the opponent to be as mad as they could get because he wanted their best version of them. Because his thing was, when you bring me your best version of you and I still defeat you, you will know and I will know that I'm the best. Well, that's what I love about God. God sometimes will let the enemy throw his best punch and throw his best blow just to let him know I'm still God. And what I want to tell you today is the devil has tried to throw his best blow. He puts you in situations that you should have lost it all. But the only reason you did not was because the hand of God was on your life, sustaining you, securing you, and establishing you. In the face of the adversary, what does what do we what do we take away from what's happening here? Three things, but one foundational component. 
David did something that all of us got to do. He embraced wisdom. Somebody ought to just put that up. I must embrace wisdom. We, we, we must embrace wisdom. We must hold it, put it in our hearts, put it on, wear it. We must embrace wisdom. This is not the season to be a fool. This ain't the season just to go take some money and just invest in anything. But you must be a student of the situations that are before you. Learn the heart of God. Hear what God is saying. James said, if any man lacketh wisdom, let him ask it of the father who giveth willingly and withholds it not. God is not going to hold back his wisdom when he's given you an assignment. But when God has given you an assignment, he's going to release a wisdom so that you will know how to navigate throughout the circumstance. He's not putting us in something to get stuck, but he's putting us in the midst of conflict and situations so that we can get around it, that it can perfect us and strengthen us. That not only will we know that God's word is true, but that the enemy will know that God cannot lie. And that he will get the glory. David embraced wisdom. Why did he embrace wisdom? Because there's three things that you discover that happen when it is that you're going through something when God is getting ready to get the glory. Number one, you're being observed. They're watching you. Oh, yeah. That, that's what I want to tell you. I, I want to tell you, God wants you to know that you're being observed. They're watching you. Who's watching you? The enemy and those who follow God as well. They're, they're watching you because some of them need their faith built. And the enemy, he's trying to see what he can do, but they're watching you. You don't believe me. Watch the text. Go to with me to quickly to 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 9. Let's go back to verse 9. Watch what the text says. The text says, and Saul eyed David from that day forward. Once he saw the hand of God on David's life, the Bible says that he eyed David. He watched him. You're so significant that the enemy's watching your every move. He's watching every Facebook post you post. Oh, there they go again being blessed. No, there they go again, testifying of God. There, there they go again. Man, how, how are they being sustained during pandemic? How, how is it that they're, man, I'm losing money, but they seem like they're being blessed, getting new cars and, and new houses, losing loved ones, but they've still got joy in their heart. How are they doing this? How, how in the world are they sitting here and it seems like, Everything that's happening to me is happening to them, but their reaction to it is not my reaction. How is it? They're watching you. I tell people all the time, people are watching your faith. They're watching how you handle God. They're watching how you handle the word of God in your life. Your children, they're watching you. But the text that I want to pull from is the Bible says that, that, that Saul, I, David. He focused. He paid attention. He saw the hand of God. He's trying to see, man, I, 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 I'm going to try to kill this guy. He, but, but God is with him. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand that I see him. I, I don't understand that I, I know where he is, but I can't kill him. I, how in the world do I know where you are and still can't stop you? Because God won't allow it to be sold. So sometimes God will keep you close enough to your enemies so they can see you, but they still can't touch you.
I'm going to get happy by myself. God, I feel you in this place. Not only are you being observed, point two, you're being compared. Yeah, you're being compared. There's some comparing going on. There's some comparing going on. The only way I know that you have what you say you have, the only way that I know that you got something that's exceptional and that's beyond the average of a man, the only reason why I know that they're super on your natural is because the same assignment that you have, they have. But for some reason, you keep coming out in the black. They coming out in the red, but you coming out in the black. But what, what do you mean, Jones? Okay, go with me to the text. Uh, there in First Samuel, uh, the, the Bible said, then the princes of the Philistines went forth and it came to pass. Watch this. After they went forth, that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul. Here it is. Here it is. God, help me, Lord. You're at the same level everybody else is at. The difference is they get the treatment of respect and, 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 and honor. You've been experiencing disrespect and dishonor. I, I was trying to, while I was developing this and while God was giving this to me, he said, share this. I said, God, is this for one person or who is this for? He said, no, I want you to share this because my people are under attack and some of them need to know you're not crazy. You're not losing your mind. You don't wake up in the morning trying to see how many people hating on you. You're not sitting there trying to find out how many haters you have. You ain't happy because you got haters, but you got them. And here's why. Because though you're on the same level with everybody else, though, though there were other servants that served Saul, the bottom line is they weren't under the same fire and they weren't under the same uh, um, 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 intensity and, 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 and ill will of the end of the of Saul like David was. But the Bible said that he acted and behaved more wisely than everybody else. He was being compared to them and he came out more, but he benefited because he didn't embrace his ideology. Too many of us, man, I'm grown. I'll do what I want to do. I ain't going to take that from nobody. This ain't the season for flesh to reign and for flesh to go before you, but this is the season where you got to kill your flesh and tell yourself it's not about you. It's about God's glory in my life being revealed, and in this season, I can't just be wise. Watch this, but I got to be more wise because more I behave more wisely because I'm being compared. And when it, when it is that you're being compared, they're watching to see what's the difference. What's the edge? What advantage do you have? And the advantage is the wisdom of God. I hope y'all are hearing me today. It's the wisdom of God. It's not your degree. It's not who you know and what you know. It's your ability to apply what God has released and deposited in your life. Amen, somebody. But the last thing is not only are you being observed and not only are you being compared, but we are getting ready to be promoted. Oh, God, help me. We're getting ready to be promoted. You're getting ready to be promoted because God was able to trust you 
with a tough season. Don't you know if God wanted Peter, James, and John to be in this dispensation, they would have been here? But God thought enough of you and I. He left on record this story about David because so many of us want to say, God, get me out of what I'm in. But God is saying, why don't you just operate in the wisdom I've given you so you can see the comfort that comes with my word in your life in tough times. You'll have a greater appreciation for the days of abundance and peace when you can understand the truth is I can give you peace even during confidence. This is why redeemed assembly of Jesus Christ, your church is still moving forward. This is why Bishop still has vision. This is why um, the auxiliaries and the leaders can still be creative and do what you're doing on this platform. And yet the church is growing. And, and many of you that are tuned in today, you, you're, you're saying, my goodness, this is a word and this is encouraging to my heart. This is why, because you're, you, you have refused to let the conflict of this age and this spirit and this atmosphere, this season to take you under mentally. But you found solace in going to God. And so instead of you complaining about about what's happening to you, you're thanking God for what he's pulling out of you that's revealing the deposit he made in you. What many of us didn't even pay attention to is that Saul is not a person to us. Saul is anyone or anything that's contrary to what God said is going to happen in our lives. Saul may be your boss. Saul may be that wayward spouse. Saul may be uh, uh, that mindset that, that's coming against you, that, that's speaking against you. That's all maybe uh, the system, the race, the systemic racism that's happening in our age today that's trying to come against the people of God. But I came to tell you today. That though you're being observed and being compared, God told me to tell you, you're getting ready to be promoted. Well, what do you mean? How am I going to be promoted? Because you're going to be promoted because while it is you went through a tough season, you still yielded your vessel to God. You still remain faithful to God. You still remain accountable to God. You still kept yourself in the face of God. I want to tell you, don't be no fool. Don't put more confidence in yourself. Don't justify your response and reaction to the spirit that's contrary to God's spirit because of how you feel. But submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I don't have time to unpack what all is here. But I will tell you this. You'll go on and you'll read throughout the life of David. And it didn't matter where David went. God always sustained him. David was in the cave of Dula. God was there. David was on the run. God was with him. The amazing thing is he was running from a place that was already his. But he wasn't running because he didn't know how to fight. He was running because he didn't want to disqualify himself by responding or reacting to the man in the place that God gave to him. So he'd rather leave than cause himself to say something out of sort to get him to a place where he was disqualified. Don't disqualify yourself in this season with your mouth. 
Don't disqualify you. Ah, wonderful say. Thank you, Jesus. I just felt that. Somebody needs to know, don't disqualify yourself in the season with what you say. Don't disqualify yourself in the season by what you do. Walk in wisdom. Don't be no fool. The devil's trying to intensify and turn up frustration in your life. But I want to tell you something. You are closer to the promise that God gave you more than you think you are. I'm not just talking about heaven. Yes, heaven is my goal. That's where we're going. But but I want you to know there's some blessings and promises God has for us right here. And we're going to be blessed even in this season. Why? Because I'm going to continue to sow into God's kingdom in this season. I'm going to continue to sow my money, my tithe, my offering. I'm going to continue to sow my life. I'm going to continue to give of myself sacrificially to God. Lord, whatever you say do, I'm going to do it. Yes, all of this is coming at me, but it's not going to disqualify me from being faithful to you. Because I ain't no fool. I know how you bless. I know how you give your all to those who submit to you. And I want to encourage you, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're saying, Jones, this sounds good. But man, that that's 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 a Bible. That's a book that was years ago. I want to tell you, my brother, my sister. You can get through the conflict. You can get through all the chaos. But you got to have Christ in your life. That's why David was able to do this, because David had a heart for God. And when you have a heart for God, you will excuse all of your excuses to accept his will in your life. And I want to challenge you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you can accept him on the day. It's very simple. You just got to confess with your mouth that he's Lord and Savior and believe in your heart that he died on the cross for your sins, that he shed his blood that was innocent blood for our guilty ways. And realize that he got up with all power in his hand and declare him as your savior. You will then be saved. I love you, redeemed assembly of Jesus Christ. Thank you for this time of sharing. Bishop Harris, First Lady Harris, staff, we love you. God bless you. What a word, what a word. Amen, amen. Don't be no fool. Amen. And we thank God uh, for Ella Jones allowing God to use him to bring us such a word in such a time as this. It help us to understand some of the stuff that we are going through. God uses conflict Amen. To get his people to a place of promotion. God is promoting you now. And he has used the conflict to get you there. Amen. And what you are going through has not stopped your praise. You still praise him. In the midst of everything you've gone through, you still praising God. God will reveal their true Amen. Attitude. People that's around you, you want to know exactly who they are because God will reveal their true attitude. Amen. The assignment, amen, comes, amen, got an assignment, but you don't want to have an assignment without the anointing. 
Amen. Don't let your anointing go. Hold fast to your anointing because the yokes are destroyed because of the anointing. So hold fast to your anointing. And then know this. You, amen, are still coming out on top. You won't be on the bottom. You are coming out on top. Amen. And what you are going through is only so that God can bless you the more. Amen. And then we want to embrace wisdom. Embrace wisdom. Being because we are being observed. People are watching you to see just what you are going to do. They'll watch you how you are doing things. Amen. So we are being observed. We are being compared. They are comparing us with other people. But let me tell you what, there is no people like God's people. And you are getting ready for a promotion. When this thing is over, you are going to have a promotion. Elder Jones, thank you so much for those beautiful words. Amen. The prophecy that have come forth. I took it as a prophecy to me. Amen. Because this is what I'm expecting in Christ Jesus. And I always say when God is going to use you, he will surely test you. But when the test is over, you are always going to come out on top. And doing this, this COVID-19 that we are going through, our faith is being tested, tested in the way we give and the way we share. Amen. You're left to yourself so many times to face yourself. But I want to encourage you, let this be a platform for promotion in Jesus name. God got some things in store for you, but he will test and try you. The Lord uh, awakened me this morning as I awakened. I thought about Isaac in the 26th chapter of the book of Genesis. The first verse said there was a famine in the land. The 12th verse of that said, and Isaac sold. And I was thinking about how this, if you ever was going to sow, now is the time to sow. Isaac could have took the food and kept it, but he decided to sow. Amen. God have a blessing in store for you. And I want to say that while you're going through now, God is strengthening you. It's not a waste of your time. It is a trying and a proof of your character. And God is carrying you through this, that he can promote you. I want you to just hang in there and be faithful to God. God will not fail you. Well, until Wednesday, may God bless you. Heaven smile upon you is our prayer in Jesus' name.